This week, our guests are none other than Devin and Carla McConnell, Danielle's parents. In this nepotistic episode, (laughs) Devin and Carla share how they've stayed best friends for more than 44 years and how they're making a daily impact by serving those in their community. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Hello there, family. It's Danielle and Justin. This is episode (laughs) 107, and it is Christmas time. I'm sorry, I just... it will be Christmas. I'm still catching my breath on the nepotistic episode. Justin, where do you come up with this stuff? I'm educated. (laughs) Uh, All right, Legendary Marriage is a movement of men and women on a mission to inspire, challenge, and impact a million couples to build a life of love and a legacy together. So if you've enjoyed the show, then please let us know. Do a couple things. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Those reviews really help out. They help us uh, grow the show and reach more couples who can be a part of what we're doing here. Um, Also, share an episode with your friends. Or family. This episode's all about family. Yes. (laughs) And of course, you can join the Legendary Marriage community on Facebook. We are so thankful for our sponsors and our affiliates. They help make this podcast all possible. So let's hear a word from them. Absolutely. So Freshly offers chef-prepared, all-natural gourmet meals delivered right to their customers' doorsteps through a weekly subscription model. I love this thing. I know. It's all good stuff. Whole natural ingredients. Every meal has high-quality protein. And Freshly Meals... Never contain gluten, refined sugars, or artificial additives. Any it's of the gluten stuff. free. That's right. So here's the deal: meals arrive n- fresh. They're not frozen, ready to eat in three minutes. So go to legendarymarriage.com/slash/freshly and get thirty percent off your first month, entire month, and begin enjoying fresh, delicious meals delivered to your door every week. Start the new year off right, take some pressure off yourself, and uh, check out Freshly and that deal. Hey, I also wanted to mention Amazon.com. Like you can, you can go through our Amazon store, which is legendarymarriage.com slash Amazon. It's not too late to do the holiday shopping, especially right. if you're a Prime member. All right, so if you're like me, I still have shopping left to do, like an exorbitant amount. So we've curated a few awesome ideas and lists in our Amazon store page. So So many cool things, books from our guests on the podcast. And just some of our personal favorites as well. So it's easy. Amazon, you know the deal. Great deals, easy, quick, the Prime membership delivered to your porch and like it seems like a hot second but i think it's two days um (laughs) so here's the awesome part you get amazon's great prices and it's if you use our affiliate link you're supporting the legendary marriage podcast yes so cool so check that out legendarymarriage.com slash amazon and it doesn't cost you anything at all well nothing extra that is yeah Can you believe that absolutely one of our favorite couples is on the show this week? My mom and dad! I can't believe it! Devin and Carla McConnell, as 
the rest of the world know them, but mom and dad to us. And they have been married 44 years. They have two amazing girls, uh, me being one of them. (laughs) And they live in Toledo, Ohio. It's just, I love this story of how they always put their friendship first. They always put their marriage first. They go through up and downs. They, they transition. They have a crazy meeting story. And, Oh my uh, gosh, how they first met. You're going to, you're going to die. Honestly, I've heard the story a million times, but I laugh at it every single time I hear it. So let's get to it. Carla and Devin McConnell. Okay. So definitely on the show today, we have one of our all time, if not our all time, I think it is our all time favorite couple. Talk about, you know, they talk in podcasting about like getting influencers on your show. Mm -hmm. Like you want to have... You want to have people who are influencers because, you know, strategically you want to get, you know, share audiences and things like that. Well, these are a different kind of influencer. Yeah. So um, this couple has been married for 44 years, living in Toledo, Ohio, and they have two grown children, um, Lori and Danielle. It's me. Hey, that's you. These are my parents on the show today. Okay, so true story. We have been trying to get them on the show since we started (laughs) recording a hundred and some episodes ago. And I said, as a Christmas gift this year, would y'all be on the podcast? And they finally said yes. Yay. You guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You finally guilted us into doing it. So you know, I'm impervious to your guilt trips. (laughs) Yes, you are. That is a true story. (laughs) Okay. So you guys have so many stories being married over 44 years. Okay. We got to start out from where it started. Okay. Okay, So how did y'all meet back in the day? I know you met in college. We did. Um, I guess I'll start out with my end of it, and then Devin can tell how he initiated the whole thing. It was Christmas time, my freshman year, and I was back home in Pleasant Hills, Pennsylvania, and the mail came, and there was a Christmas card in the mail. And of course, you know, I didn't recognize the handwriting, opened it up. And it said, Devin McConnell, see you next term. And I'm like, Devin McConnell, who is that? Did I buy insurance from somebody and I forgot? <laughs> who is this guy? How did he get your address? Yeah, good question. So I was, was before stalkers, you know. Yeah, you know, and long before the internet or Facebook. I mean, I had no idea who this was. So backstory. Devin, tell how this happened. Well, this, as I said, was BC before cell phones and uh, before the internet. We uh, had a little thing called a postcard and mail. Uh, And so I had a box and a couple of extras. So I had 27 Christmas cards. Well, I had uh, what's called a baby book of all incoming freshmen who are going to Wittenberg University. So I highlighted the ones that I was interested in, and I sent 27 (laughs) cards out to 27 different girls that I was interested in. 
I, as a marketer, I'm so interested in what your response rate was. Well, uh, it was, well, it, I, I didn't get a lot of, uh, uh, well, I got some feedback, but, uh, uh very few, but anyway, Aww. then when the term came, I started with the A's and of course, Carla's last name was Anderson. Anderson. So I started with the A's, called her up and said, hi, I'm Devin. Did you get my card? Oh, the follow up. The The follow up is key. Yeah, you can't just. But in the meantime, I kind of asked around because I was curious if anybody knew who Devin McConnell was. And Unfortunately, the feedback was not the most positive. (laughs) He had dated a lot of girls his freshman year. Yeah, so I thought, oh, well, you know, he can't be all that bad. So, sure, I'll go out with you when he called. I said, sure, I'll go out with you. And then a day later, I got a phone call from another guy that I had my eye on. Wow. Yeah. And I was really hoping would ask me out. And he actually was a football player at a neighboring high school where I went to high school. And I had gone to school with his cousin. So I knew who he was. And he was, you know, big man on campus. And then he asked me out. Wow. wow you the were, plot gets thicker. You were uh, quite the catch, Mom. Well, for the same night. And I even tried to say, well, what are you doing on Friday night instead of Saturday night? <laughs> Not very cool. He saw right through that and said, no, nope, sorry. That's the only night I'm available and never called me back. Oh, so, yeah. I was trying to play <laughs> sides of this game there. Well, uh, she was attracted to the football player, but uh, dad, were you a, were you a football player? Was no. that... No, just a player. <laughs> <laughs> just a player. Okay, so it ended up working out, obviously. Awesome. Dad, you played the percentages, you know, as you always say. Life is a percentages game. Yeah, my dad has all kinds of awesome sayings like that, and that's one of it. There's the percentages game. So one out of 27, that's not bad. Yeah, that's a good one. What about the other 26, you know? (laughs) They missed out. That's their problem. So when you guys got engaged, tell us about how that went down. Today's the day we got engaged, December 7th. Oh, Oh. happy engagement day. Yeah, thanks. Pearl Harbor Day. Because dad dropped the bomb. (laughs) yeah did you really do that on purpose you know that was planned so i got a ring box and inside of it i had a ring which was a huge fraternity ring of my brothers but with the stone missing so essentially it was a huge ring but with nothing in the middle. So I went down to visit Carla. This was a year after I graduated and went down and I was going to take her home for her Christmas break. So got down there, got down on one knee, gave her the ring box, opened up the- No, no, said, close your eyes. 
And then he opened up the ring box and said, okay, now open your eyes. And of course, I'm envisioning some gorgeous, you know, diamond or at least an emerald or something. And I opened my eyes and there is this big, ugly, empty ring. And then he says, I love you. Will you marry me? Will you marry? Yeah, that's it. That's what Dad, I said. what was the strategy behind that? Because that just sounds like I would get up and walk away. Like, yeah, that's- well, you know, you got to take, you got to take a good joke. You know, if you can roll with that, then, then I brought out the, the real, real ring. ring. Oh. Yeah, yeah. With the, the decoy time. ring, the decoy. Yes. Right, right. But there's more to the diamond ring story. Devin had gotten this catalog back at his home in Toledo, and it had all these beautiful rings in the catalog. And he had one all picked out that he could afford, and he showed his father and said, Dad, what do you think? This is the ring I'm going to get for Carla to ask her to marry me. He was appalled that the ring was, the diamond was so small. Oh. You cannot give that lovely girl that ring. So his dad upsized and upgraded the ring and paid for the difference. And so I got a really nice ring out of it. Ooh, Daddy Mac, up the game. I like it. There we go. Yeah. Oh, Dad. So you definitely had some ring drama there, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. She says I was the world's worst boyfriend, but the world's best husband. Oh. Oh. Hey, that's where it counts, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That's right. And good thing you stuck around, Mom, through all that craziness. Yep. I knew he was... Well, I hoped he was good for the long haul. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> but well, as it turns out, he was. <laughs> it's so interesting because I know you both as very strong-willed people. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I got a little bit of that from you guys. Now, how did you navigate that when you both had your thoughts and your opinions early on in your marriage? How did you guys go about that? Well... When we were first married, I don't think we ever actually had a plan as how we would navigate that. You know, um, young couples that get married now, they listen to folks such as yourself and they have all the, you know, the strategies worked out. And we, honest to goodness, we just went into this thing and we were pretty clueless, weren't we? I don't know about you, but I was. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, over the years, it's probably been more my will that has prevailed than your dad's. Just to keep the peace. He's been very considerate of me. And when push comes to shove, he would just say, you can do whatever you dang well want. And that's kind of how we worked it out. That's another one of dad's quotes. (laughs) That's one of Jevin's ways of saying, I submit in protest. Yes. But Devin, Devin, you told me a while ago that there was a really intentional decision in that for you, that you knew that Carla needed to be able to have some of that decision-making power, so to speak. And you made a really intentional decision about it. And just like that has stuck with me for so long. 
and I don't know if I'm outing you about that or not. But did you really say that? <laughs> I no, find that it, was ba- it was basically some some people think that they have to win every fight, every argument, every this. I have am, am I right or am I right? Kind of thing. And to me, it is this something that I that I need to have, which would jeopardize our relationship. And if I don't need to win this argument, then it doesn't matter uh, if uh, who gets the uh, credit for for winning the argument or something like that. If it's not a deal breaker, hey, don't worry about it. When it came to finances for us, I had been the treasurer of the fraternity Uh, at 20 years old. I had a $50,000 budget back in the day. I had 70 guys in the fraternity. I had a house mother, a cook, a payroll. Uh, So I knew how to keep the finances. But I knew in our relationship, Carla wanted to keep control. She wanted to control the finances. So I just said, here you go. It was, it was trust, not that I couldn't do it, not that I couldn't balance a checkbook or pay the taxes or anything, but I wanted her to see where the money was going. And then after a while, she knew that, oh, I can't just use daddy's credit card and just, you know, ring it up. Uh, we actually have to pay for these things. And so for the first few years and so on, we were together, but we were just trying to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. That's what we were trying to do. We weren't trying to get Maslow's hierarchy of self-actualization or anything like that. We were just trying to pay the bills. Okay, Mom, did you really have Daddy's credit card? Not okay. after, No, not after we were married. No, I mean when you before you got married. Oh, yeah. When I was down at Wittenberg... My dad got me my own little credit card for the one department store in Springfield, Ohio. It was called Wren's Department Store. Ooh, and, I didn't yeah. know that. You had daddy's credit card. I didn't even know there were credit cards back then. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yes, there were. No, for real. <laughs> we're not that old. The, but it was, was it it one of the metal ones. Was it one, oh, of, the one of the tiny ones? little metal ones? <laughs> no, it was a regular credit card and it had a limit. My dad put a limit on it. You know what's always what always stands out to me about you guys as a couple, not as my mom and dad, but as a couple, you guys are just really good friends and you have a lot of fun yes. together. Oh, we absolutely do. Well, one of the things I say is that I really didn't have a sense of humor before I met your dad. Before I really? met Yeah. No, I really didn't. I mean, my parents were wonderful, loving people, but we did not yuck it up at our house at all. I mean, my dad was pretty serious and well, my mom was not a real happy person all the time. So we didn't do a lot of laughing it up at our house. Mm -hmm. And then I met your dad and he was hilarious. Or so he thought. <laughs> so I learned to be a little funnier from what he would say to me and, you know, things he would say and jokes he would make. And Devin, where did the funny come from for you? 
initially, um, my father did a lot of word plays, different nuances on the same word. And he would he would go into the Latin or whatever of it and, and so on. And then you know the those Latin jokes, they get you every time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or the double entendre. Then then it worked into working the setup line. So you would work a joke and then l- allow the other per- person to come through with the punchline. And so they would be able to share it. Not just you would tell the joke with the punchline, but if you tell the same joke 50 times, she's going to know the punchline anyway. Yeah. So You don't need new material. You just need a new audience. Okay, so that's something that we all do together. So we could have all said that. So I see where that comes from. Okay, well, thanks, Daddy Mac. And thanks, Dad, for giving me a sense of humor, too. I feel like we laughed a lot growing up, my sister Lori and I. So I'm just wondering, like us as kids. Okay, so me in particular, let's focus on me. Oh, we always did focus on you, Dan. No, y'all did. Y'all did. Uh, the kids were kind of the the center point of the McConnell household. So what was I like as a kid? From what you can recall, I know, Mom, you always say you can't remember anything from when we were kids, but... Well, you, of course, you were just the light of our life for four years because you, Lori, wasn't born until you were almost four years old. And so, you know, I personally did almost everything with you because dad worked long hours. I mean, it, it wasn't unusual for him to get home at night at seven o'clock and we'd already eaten dinner. So you and I, we, we became buds early on and you were just a sweet little girl. You really were textbook. Yeah, you were textbook. I mean, you know, you slept through the night at 10 days, which is unheard of. And did you slip a little extra something into my bottle or something? Well, no, we did not. <laughs> but um, yeah, you were just a very easy child, very mild-mannered, even-tempered. Really gave us a moment's concern or worry. And Oh, so when did it shift? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, probably uh, late high school. Junior high, junior high, you did some shifting. When we saw you standing out front by the big tree, I don't know what his name was, but it was some boy you knew in seventh grade. Just I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> you probably don't. That was when it started to shift. Oh, was I making out by the tree? Yeah, you were making out by the tree, right? In oh, nice, Danielle. <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> you better, Justin. Oh, no. Okay, so when I was a kid, did you ever think about the type of person that I would marry when I was older? Did you ever like envision it or think about it? We thought more of the type of person you would be not necessarily the type of person or or your married life, you know. Oh, I never thought about that, I'll be honest. Okay, Dad, what did you think I would be like when I grew up? Uh, whatever you darn well wanted to be. <laughs> he brings it back around. <laughs> we always knew you would both be wonderful women. I mean, because you were... 
wonderful kids, wonderful teenagers. We knew you'd be, you'd turn out all right. Okay. Thanks for all that. Um, (laughs) Thanks a lot. But you know what? This is where I have to insert this. And I'm sure I've said this on the show before, but um, my parents um, are the reason that I have pretty high, I want to say this in a nice way, self-esteem. Oh, for sure. Because I could do pretty much no wrong. And um, I was highly like encouraged in my strengths and all that. And, you know, there's a lot of women that are listening and friends of mine and everything else. And that you have these negative thoughts in your head about how you're not enough or, you know, I can't do that or, you know, like those weaknesses kind of play over and over again. And I, I, I get those that. Things come, those things come not necessarily intentionally, in most cases, not intentionally from parents. Yeah, but I'm just saying that I have a very good talk about myself because of my parents and how they built me up and encouraged me and all that. So thanks, guys. And one of the things is to not only love you, but to love your mother and to show you that I loved your mother. And not just, oh, it's all about me or where's my man cave or where are my weights or, you know, all this stuff. Your weights? When did you ever have weights? He That's what he's saying. Oh, yeah, he gave up the weights. Yeah, yeah. I traded my six-pack for a what? No. (laughs) We'll get back to our conversation in just a moment, but we wanted to tell you a bit about what we're doing outside the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Yeah, it is December and we have decided to commit the entire month to giving away free coaching. Woohoo! This is the season of giving after all, so we want to give you a complimentary 60-minute breakthrough coaching session with one of us. All right, this offer is open to everyone, so just head over to legendarymarriage.com slash coaching and schedule your free breakthrough session today. Yeah, see, because we believe that everything in life impacts your marriage. We work with men and women through all kinds of things. Yeah, maybe you're like Heather and Dan, and you're struggling to connect in super busy careers, taking care of a brood of kids, and trying to find a way through some challenging yeah. circumstances. Or maybe you just want a deeper impact in your marriage, family, and world. And oh. whether you've been married a minute or what seems like a lifetime, working with a coach can help you create clarity and experience breakthrough to start building a life, a love, and a legacy together. All right, so schedule your free breakthrough call. Just go to legendarymarriage.com slash coaching. We know how challenging this time of year can be. Like in one way, it feels like everything slows down a little. And another way, it feels like it gets super fast. (laughs) So we wanted to make this offer now when people are starting to feel some of the weariness and the craziness of the year coming to a close. So whether you're feeling that weariness or you're just getting a jump on your 2019 goals, having a sounding board can help you radically clear about what's really important. So wherever you're at, whatever you're up to, we want to help. No strings attached. We won't be trying to sell you anything. We just want to help you identify and process that thing that keeps you feeling stuck. And we'll help you get clear, design a strategy, and take action to get you where you want to go. Yeah, so space is a little limited. So take advantage by going to legendarymarriage.com slash coaching to claim your free breakthrough coaching call today. All right, Merry Christmas to all our Legendary Marriage community. And now back to the show. 
first time you met Justin. Hey, wait, what? Okay. If you could recall this, what was your impression or what were your thoughts about Justin when you first met him? Be honest. I cannot recall ever meeting him. (laughs) In fact, we're still not sure what we think of Justin. So there's that too. (laughs) No, I honestly do not remember the first time I met Justin. Do you? You were Uh, half asleep. I was? Yeah. Well, that's probably why she doesn't remember it. Yeah. What were your early thoughts of Justin? Maybe not the first time. I have a very, I guess we call it a seminal moment that comes to mind. Ow. um, That I remember the year that my father passed away. And I believe it was the following Christmas that the two of you, and at that time you were just, you were just friends. You weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. And you made the trip to Pittsburgh Mm. to give my mother a proper Christmas before Christmas came. You took a tree to her or you set up her tree. I forget exactly how that went, but I remember thinking at the time, wow, what a nice thing to do. And although maybe I didn't verbalize it and say, what a nice guy, I knew you were a nice guy. I mean, who does that for a friend's mother? And I don't think you'd met my mom at that point. Um, No, no, I don't think so. I just heard the story that she wasn't going to do a Christmas or a Christmas tree. Right. And I was... And Danielle was telling me the, the stories about Christmas with Nana and, and just like yeah. every year and all of this. And I was just like, well, that's just unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she never, ever forgot that. And yeah. thought that was such a wonderful thing that you did for her. So it's all part of the strategy. Get in with grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you worked that pretty well, Justin. Mm, dad, dad had the uh, Christmas card strategy. You had the grandma strategy. Nice. Nice, yeah. y'all. Way to work the system. Okay. <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so I'm wondering, like, if you look at our marriage, because oh, I know oh, you geez. guys do this. I know you do it. Well, and, then you look at, and then you look at yours. Yeah. How are we similar or how are we different in our marriages? I think you both, well, I think dad and I get along really well when I look around and see how some people don't get along and then they just finally don't get along at all. But um, so in that way, you guys appear to um, have a nice way of give and take between the two of you. And I'm sure Harsh words may be said from time to time, but I've never... No, they aren't. Okay. (laughs) You don't show those words in public, or at least in front of us. Um, So I see that as a strength. I see that you you two both really have fun together. I mean, you laugh, you like to do things together, you love your girls to pieces. I mean, that's a big similarity. I mean, we... Mm -hmm. We loved you and Lori. Well, you know how much we loved you and and still do love you and Lori. And yeah, in the past tense, <laughs> we did after this interview. And it's clear how much you love your girls. So 
I mean, but but then differences. Differences is that we didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you said, gee whiz, we think you're a legendary marriage. I said, what are you talking about? We just, you know, we've been together for a long time. We had the same hairdresser for a long time. We bought cars from the same guy for a long time. We had the loyalty gene kind of built in, but we didn't really think of, I don't, I don't even remember date nights or anything like that because we were so, we we wouldn't let the kids out. (laughs) (laughs) We kept them captive. We always, the difference is we always wanted to do things with you girls. Mm -hmm to almost to the exclusion of just us doing something. And that's very different. I mean, you, you two make a point of having a date night mm-hmm. and, you know, leaving the kids behind to fend for themselves, poor little things. Then, well, I mean, there's usually somebody, <laughs> an adult here to, to keep <laughs> oh, an eye on. Yes. Usually. <laughs> poor <laughs> children. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in that way, it's very different. We had low expectations. (laughs) We didn't have high expectations. No, I don't think we had, I don't think we had any expectations. (laughs) If you get right down to it. I I think trying to pay the bills. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I I think you use use the word loyalty and I think it's, it's it's like the word that comes to mind alongside that is just faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Like you are so faithful, like with each other, for each other, for the girls, for, for us, for our kids, for in your community in so many ways, like before we turn the corner though, like I wanted to go back to something like Carly, you said, we just wanted to be with the girls. And then like, there was a season when like we moved and, and Lori moved and like, you guys had to kind of find a new way of being. Oh yeah. Well, everybody, that stays together as long as we have has to do that. And ours was kind of a nice segue because I retired first. So my work life was pretty much over. And then Devin kept working at at different jobs. And so I had that time at home just to myself and now he's moved in on me full time. Oh, <laughs> and uh, but now we've found things we love to do together. Um, I'm sure you're going to talk about our furniture ministry exploits, which we just love these days. And it's kind of our retirement job that we do. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, about 10 years ago, we had finished about the fourth Habitat for Humanity house for, for the church. And someone had turned was turning over the keys and said, okay, here are your keys to your new house. And where's your stuff? We want to move in your, your sofa and your beds and everything. Where's your stuff? And she hung her head and said, I have no stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't go back to my ex's house, he'll beat me up again. So we just said, wait, let's put the word out and let's see if we can get some furniture. Well, the church came through, got some furniture, and we said, 
are there more people like this who are starting out in a new apartment or a new house who need furniture? Turns out there are lots of people, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So a ministry was born. I mean, with hard work and God's grace and blessing for sure, it has turned into what we call the furniture ministry and it's through our church. And so uh, Devin and I were very involved in that um, endeavor. We garage sale shop for items that people will, you know, get to take home with them when they come to our warehouse. So you guys pretty much do this. I don't want to say full time, but this is like your weeks, your days revolve around serving this community and making sure that people have, you know, the furniture and the things they need to move into a new house. And this is one of those things where I have to brag on you guys to like the ends of the earth because service is definitely a part of your DNA. And it is just, your, your attitude is kind of, well, if I have a skill or a, a way that I can help somebody out, why wouldn't I do it? Of course, I'm going to do help people. Um, well, and it's, it's just kind of like a no brainer to you guys. Yeah. It's such a simple thing too. I mean, when you say our lives revolve around that ministry, they do, but truth be told, our lives revolve around our church kind of period. <laughs> you yeah. Know, we're very involved in our church and, um, and the life of the church. And, you know, you don't want to, I'm, I don't like it when people toot their own horn, but when you say that we're involved, we really do enjoy doing things like that. I mean, it's just part of what we do. And, and the Upworth furniture ministry serves what a couple hundred, two, 300 people every year. Uh, right now, uh, through 11 months, we've service served 159 families wow. with over 1,700 uh, furniture items. Right, wow. out, of, out of one church, that is. And, and you multiply that by a decade and all those families impacted. And, and just like, what an amazing impact that you, you guys and that whole team are having in the community. Oh. So if our listeners want to donate to the furniture ministry, is that possible? Oh, absolutely. Can you include that in your show notes? Yeah, we'll include the link in the show notes to the Epworth Furniture Ministry. So if you want to participate and donate, then we'll have a chance to do so. So speaking of your um, life as retirees, you spoke to like your life kind of also revolves around your kids, your grandkids. What advice would you have for any of our listeners that are new grandparents out there? Um, How do you navigate being a grandparent as opposed to being a parent? Oh, there is no navigating. It is just pure and utter joy. That's all I can say. You know, the old expression is, if i known grandchildren would we're going to be so great. I would have had them first before my kids. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's an old corny saying, but it is absolutely the truth because it's just pure enjoyment. You don't have to worry about if you're going to feed them that night or get them off to school. You just can come and enjoy their 
little sweetness. And I would say, be with them as much as you can. Because mm. like, we don't live, you know, we don't live near either of our sets of grandchildren, but we have made it a point to be with them as much as we can. And we and, love it. And when I was growing up, I didn't know my grandfathers. Uh, one had died uh, before my uh, mom got married and another died when I was two years old. And so I just kind of said, what are, are my grandchildren going to remember me at all? Well, if I'm there, they will. Not just some picture that's getting dusty on the shelf, just actual being with them and goofing with them and, you know, uh, brushing teeth with them and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And shaving with them, even though they're <laughs> girls. Yeah. Well, you know. And now grandpa gets to have a little grandson, which has been fun for him. Um, our little Owen, who is Lori. Yeah, you did teach him how to pee standing up, didn't you, dad? Well, you know, we're working on, we're working on <laughs> accuracy right now. <laughs> bit of a challenge. Uh, yeah, they are definitely like the hands-on grandparents. It's so oh. funny because I remember, God bless my grandmothers, which I knew mostly my grandfathers passed away when I was young. But, um, you know, you'd get the itchy sweater or the, you know... The, hard the, candies. Hard candies in your stockings. And you're like, do you even know me? I used to like, sit on my grandma's lap and drink beer with her <laughs> while we would watch Days of Our Lives. Oh, yeah. Um, I think both of those sunk in pretty well. In college, you never miss Days of Our Lives or drinking <laughs> beer. Um, Back in the glory days. Now now that show is just, I don't know. I don't know. Is it on? not anymore. Oh, it's on. Yes, it's on. Is it on. Well, but you know, the thing about mom and dad as grandparents is they know the kids so well. Like sometimes yeah. I'll ask them like, what do you think we should get for gifts for them? Because like, I feel like sometimes they even know them better. Like, cause they'll take in the little details and the little things like that. So That's you guys are the best. Carla is so good at. Mm. is listening and, and keying into those little details. And then you'll say something, you'll have a conversation and like three weeks or three months later, she'll bring it back. Like there'll be, there'll be oh, you said something you casually about, about missing a pen. And so I found this pen. I researched it and found that the, the one place in Hamburg, Germany that makes them. Okay. I stopped by there and... Oh, and not that the- good, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. so if in wrapping up here, you know, obviously this is a legendary marriage podcast, and y'all have a lot to say. I'm sure about it. Um, what do you think it takes to build a legendary marriage? First of all, you have to really like your spouse. I mean, and let's be honest here. You know, the hots fade after a while. And when the hots fade, it sucks, but it happens. And you have to be able to look at that person and just love being with them. I mean, um, this guy is my best friend on earth. And we have more fun together. And um, 
we just enjoy each other's company. I, I, I have some friends who will say that they never speak much to their spouse at night. You know, like the one doesn't say, Hey, what did you do today? Or, I mean, we always did that. I, I never a night went by when Devin didn't walk in the door. And the first thing he would ask me was how was your day? Well, after he washed his hands, because <laughs> he worked a dirty job. Dirty jobs. <laughs> and he would say, how was your day? And he would listen to me just go off on what some little kids said or did or, you know, the set. Yeah, as a teacher, there's a lot of things to talk yeah, about. There's a lot to talk about. And then the other, you know, I would ask him and he would do the same. But um, so I think you have to like each other. You have to... Um, enjoy one another's company and share the same values. Um, I think it's interesting. We never sat down before we got married and said, okay, how many children do you want to have? Are we going to go to church together? Where are we going to go to church? Who's going to pay? We just didn't. But over time, it, we realized what our strengths were and it, it worked out well that way. What about you, Devin? Uh, ditto. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> yeah, typical. Well, one person always tends to be strong in, a, in an area, and if the other one can be strong in a different area, it works out really well. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say without getting too emotional, so... Hmm. All right, you guys, it was so awesome having you on the show. Yes, we finally bagged them, honey. Oh, yeah, tagged. Right. <laughs> All right, you guys, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks Thank for you. having us. It was wonderful. We loved it. All right, so I love how no matter what, the kids, the finances, the ups and downs, they just always like to be together. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so much, there are two things that stand out about your parents to me. One is they really, really exemplify putting family first. Yeah. Like even when they're, they're out doing other things, it's in service of the family. Like the, just stories about being with you girls at the games and, and everything and the way they, the way they love on the grandkids and travel halfway across the country all the time and. And I'm excited because they're arriving here in a couple of days. So my kids are fully prepared to be spoiled stupid. Yes. And we will (laughs) gladly let them. Uh, And the second thing is just their faithfulness. Like Mm. they, they have been so faithful and I don't mean like not cheating on each other. No. I mean like faithful in their, in their, in their uh, church community, faithful in their community, faithful in their, the way they show up and they are just the most consistent, dedicated, um, hardworking, uh, just steadfast people I've ever met. Mm. And and I love that I get to have them in my life. Yeah. How how often do you meet those people that love their in-laws as much as you do? Who has two thumbs and loves his mother-in-law? This guy. Uh, and father-in-law. Yes. Yeah. We can't get yes. dad. And All technically right. it's one and a half thumbs, but we won't get into that. All right. I did not and saw your thumb off. now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Now this is an interesting one. So what area of your life have you historically gone your own separate way? Like maybe the man cave, maybe the, mm. you know, I always golf or whatever it is. You just do your own separate thing, but you'd like to move forward 
together in that yeah, area. Yeah, some more shared interests, shared activity. Yeah, I like shared it. Shared adventure. I love it. A two adventure. All right. Well, that's all we have for today's show. As always, we are talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation, legendarymarriage.com slash community. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 107. Hey, lastly, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Whatever Justin was saying, don't do that first thing. Don't do the <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you don't settle for an ordinary marriage, make yours legendary. legendary.